0: This is Scene with Miranda, a show about identity. Not your typical interview format, I ask guests to provide a list recounting the ways they've been viewed, judged, rendered invisible, or wholly seen. This scene list guides our conversation about identity while pursuing the question How are you seen? I'm your host, Miranda Wiley, and I want to speak a bit about this scene list I ask guests to write. When booking a guest, I provide an example scene list or ask people to listen to existing episodes. What I don't do is try and influence or encourage the guest scene list by way of making recommendations on things that I see in them to include. So when I got Jay Graham's scene list with a company note that she had dug deep, I didn't really know what that had meant for her. Turns out it meant that Jay's scene list is full of things she hasn't said out loud or dealt with. Unlike most of our guests on the show, Jay is not an artist, comedian, performer, or practiced in telling her story through therapy. Jay is co-owner of Mary Jay, a smoke shop looking to elevate the smoke retail experience and breaking the taboo of smoking, meaning that you don't have to feel ashamed to smoke marijuana, buying supplies from the back of a grungy store, and then keeping said supplies in a cardboard box under your bed. Mary J. looks to celebrate smoking, smoke culture, and the benefits of cannabis. One benefit is CBD tinctures. CBD is derived from the cannabis plant, has no THC, you know, the stuff that makes you get stoned, and has been known to aid anxiety, which is why I take it, relieve pain, nausea, and is an anti-inflammatory. I learned all of this from J. and was continually assured I would not get high from using CBD oil. Jay and her shop have the same mission statement. Ask questions, discover new things, enjoy. Here's my conversation with Jay Graham. Jay Graham, welcome to the Scene with Miranda podcast. Thank you. You are so welcome. Um, Would you kick us off with a reading of your scene list? I sure will.
1: All right, here we go. One. I'm seen as, what are you? What is your race? Growing up, I really never knew my race. I was adopted at birth into a white family, and that's how I was raised. So that's what I always thought I was. Um, In school, it was different. Uh, People were asking, are you Hispanic? Are you African? What are you? And I didn't know what to identify with. So I always said white, or whatever you think I am. Number two, I'm seen as the one to go to by my family. Um, I was the caretaker, the mother, the father. Um, For my whole family, both of my parents passed from cirrhosis and cancer, and I have a younger brother who I had to take care of, so I was the one to go to for everything. Um, Number three, I'm seen as just a young girl. When my mother passed and my father became very ill, I took over a business of 25 rental properties. Um, Being very young, it was difficult. No one really respected me like they did my parents. Um, you know, I was young, so there was a lot to learn. Number four, I'm you're just a pretty face, but if you lost weight, you'd be so much prettier. If you wouldn't shave your head, you'd be a lot prettier. If you didn't have tattoos, you'd be so much prettier. But if you lost weight, you'd be gorgeous. And that one was hard. Number five. I'm seen as the girl with the blue-green hair. It's always changing. Number six, I'm seen as you would be a great mother. At a young age, I had to become the mother um, to my younger brother. And I never had the desire to want to become a mother, so I was kind of forced into it. Um, With my parents both being ill At a young age, I had to step up and take that place. So, um, yeah, and I can't have kids. So a lot of people tell me, you're so good, you'd be a great mother. Number seven, I'm seen as positive and have my shit together. Uh, But inside, I'm battling myself every day with depression after my father passed. Um, I was diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver with which both of my parents uh, passed from, which is crazy because I don't drink. Number eight, I'm seen as strong. I have to be strong and it's hard, but you dig down deep and you hold your head high and you stay positive and you stay strong. Number nine, I'm seen as just a girl. And I mean that because I opened a smoke shop in a bro culture, in a male-driven industry. And being female, it's, it's hard. You don't get the same respect as other owners. You don't get the same uh, deals as people. They like to see how they can get over on you. And number 10, I'm seen as, oh, you're with a girl. I guess I seem straight, but when I introduce my partner as my partner, they're like, your business partner. I'm like, no, my my partner, partner. So there's my list.
0: Thank you for sharing. Thank um, you. And it seems like that was somewhat challenging to... Hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How are you feeling right now?
1: Good. Uh, tons of emotions going on. But, but good, it felt good to say those and get those out. Definitely, yeah. yeah.
0: Were are some of them things that you haven't? said or dealt with oh or dealt with oh yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah there's a difference there yeah yeah it's both
1: said or dealt with wow girl we're having a therapy session me cry and <laughs> mascara running oh yeah it's totally running <laughs> boogers and stuff so yeah this is good
0: this is good thank you um you know the show is only um driven by what the guest brings so I wouldn't if I were to have you on a show, I would have talked about something entirely different, but that's sort of not the point. The point is is for the guests to come and talk about what they want to talk about. And and I'm also finding that like that creating this format has been a way for people, a lens for people to view their life. Yeah. Did you find that as yes. well? Yeah. Yeah.
1: As I, I wrote probably like six lists and the first one my partner looks at and she's like, Really, you positive little happy bitch. This is not this is not no no, 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 let's step back, think about, way back, like, think, 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 how are you seen as? And it started going, I was like, oh, God, I don't want to go there. I don't want to dig that up, but it was good. I'm glad we did.
0: Okay, well, so speaking of that, Mm -hmm. you're seen as positive and have my shit together. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you think that you are positive and have your shit together?
1: So I do think I'm positive, for sure. Um, I try to stay positive in a negative world. I'm always fine, you know, the half-claps, what does the, ha- the glasses have to be have full? Yeah. I'm always looking at the bright side of things. Um, before we started this venture with the shop, I had to sell my house when my dad passed, and that's how the whole thing began. When I sold my house, I um, opened the shop. But before we sold the house, the day we were signing, a car ran through it. We had lived there six, 18 years, and my dad and I used to smoke on the back porch and laugh. Do you think a car would ever run through this? I said, no, Dad. It's got a whole freeway, like a lane to go through, trees. It would never... So what happened the day we're signing the house. So I get there and I see it and I start crying. And I'm like, this is the end of the world. What am I going to do? There was no plan B um, taxes. Wait, wait, are... wait.
0: Let's just back up. Yeah. The day that you were going to sell the house, Girl, a, a car the... runs through. But also, wait. Five minutes you... to her
1: signing. <laughs> oh, wait. Not just the day. Five minutes to her also, signing. But
0: also, you and your dad have been smoking weed on this porch. Girl, you know it. And he has always had this paranoia this vision that a car was going to drive through the house yes and
1: it happens the five minutes to her signing so stuff like this happens to us all the time in my life it's always been like this I'm different and special and these crazy things happen so and that's happened starting at a young age and so I kind of look at it and I laugh and I think what can become positive out of this and it's always and that's for my father no matter what, they knew they were alcoholics, they were dealing with a lot of things, but he stayed positive positive. he stayed positive for us, my brother and I, and he was the mother-father at the end. Even though he was sick, he was the last one left for us, so he had to become all of that and he stopped drinking. And I truly believe the cannabis helped him because he was down spiraling. He, in and out of prison, jail, uh, rehabs, everything, everybody thought he would die before my mother. And so when my mother passed, they're like, oh my God, what happened? I said she had cirrhosis of the liver, she drank? She hit it so well. Um, my father didn't, he was out and loud about it, but he stopped when she passed. He had to, he got really sick and he got really strong and he stopped and he started cannabis. And it led to this whole venture of us being able to spend time together, him being able to eat. Um, his cancer didn't set in too hard, it was it was great.
0: So I met you at Bedpost Confessions uh, after a show you approached and said, I work for Adult Megaplex and we would love to be a part of your raffle. And I was like, um, excuse me, what? Adult what? I, th- you work there? That place? Like, what? Right. I just assumed that that place was just kind of a big box,
1: like... Big sleazy box. The sleazy
0: box. <laughs> let's uh, be honest. Like, uh, also, like, not a not a place that would be very welcoming of of women. For sure. Um. And and you said, yeah, they're doing things, and I'm a part of it, and we are changing the culture over there. Yes. And um. So from so I was like, great, let's let's do it, let's talk, and then coming to pick up uh, gift baskets from you at Adult Megaplex, like every month, and yes. now it's every quarter, and. I would end up being there for like an hour and a half talking with you. Having fun. I know. Um, And it was always such a pleasure to come and see you and um, just hear about your story and these little bits and pieces. Thank you. And then come to find out then years later then you quit Adult Megaplex and you're gonna open your own shop. And this, of course, is in some of this bad news of that you lost your father. For sure. but then, in this fantastic news of your being able to realize your dream, and so uh, Mary J. Smoke Culture is the shop that you opened, she and yes. she was born. She was yes. born. Yes, and um, I haven't written down because I want to. I want to say it right. Um, so. Mary J. is a smoke shop looking to elevate the industry and break taboos of smoke culture with a mission statement that reads, Mary J.'s smoke culture is here for the curious to explore. We provide a safe space where customers can find high-quality, beautiful, tested-by-us products. We're here to help, so ask questions. Please. I love that. Thank you. That that is in your mission statement. It's there when you walk in. It's painted on the wall. Yes. Um, You are somebody to me that has always been so... Um, driven and open and curious and uh, non-judgmental.
1: Thank you. <laughs> and
0: that you have been somebody who has sought out to create a community and you came to uh, to be a part of Bedpost Community, not that you were able to ever get to the shows. Right, once (laughs) or twice maybe.
1: It's ridiculous.
0: But but you reached out to other people, other shows in the community, and you created, you were part of changing Adult Megaplex. You were part of changing that, and now you get to do it with your own store. And the fact that Ask Questions is a part of the mission statement is really huge to me because... Um, there, there's a lot of shame in sexuality. There's also a lot of shame in smoking. Um, I, I guess I don't know as much of that world. I'm right. not a smoker, but you've gotten me into CBD oil. Love it. <laughs> so, so I would totally support that. Um, and and just learning, I've, I feel like I've learned a lot about the smoke culture from you. Thank you. Um, so so talk to, talk to me about this in this way of of just being a girl like sure you have on your scene list like you're just a young girl um talking about you know taking over these rental properties right. and I can only imagine like what one has to do in that of chasing down rent checks and evicting people and hiring people, people. Have plumbing
1: problems yes. and there's wasps and ants and yes their child is getting out of the gate and everything you can think of. And
0: so you were 18? Sure. When you started that?
1: Yeah, I started before that, but when I had to physically like on my own boss had to take it all over. Okay. 18. So
0: you're 18. You are working um, as the manager, essentially, of rental properties. Um, And and then take us through now to also like to being just a girl in this male driven industry of the smoke culture. So do you feel like you um, were kind of set to be in um cultures where you are on the margins like feeling all these microaggressions where it's always this just a girl whether it's implied or it's said um just yeah expand on any of any of that yeah
1: definitely um I feel like being just a girl uh has a it's difficult in a lot of aspects whether it was with the rental property I was you know most of the time my parents dealt with the man of the house who came and paid the rent. Um, now they're dealing with a young female. So that was really hard. They tried to get over, oh no, I only pay 300 when I know in the books it says you're paying 650. You know, So people would try and try and try and try. Same people, different people. Um, so that was difficult and that was hard um, being able to learn how to put my foot down and take charge because at the beginning I did let people run over me. And I saw, like, oh, my goodness, there's no one here to help me or talk to or, or back it. And my brother helped as much as he could, but he's younger than me, so there's only so much he could do. Um, so there was a lot to learn there, but I think that that definitely toughened me up and brought me to where I am today. Um, and what I mean by just a girl for the smoke shop, it is a male-driven industry. It's been a bro culture um, shoot, my whole life being in it. It's It's been this, you know, tie-dyed, smoky, you know, 3D... Blacklight Poster Place, which I love. I'm all about all of the culture. I respect and I support everybody. I still shop at other shops, so I love um, the whole culture. What I wanted to bring um, was, like I said, a safe place for people to come ask questions as the culture grows around us in different states. um, There's people coming in. Why does my friend Barb get to grow plants and make brownies for Bunko? Why can't I do this? And I'm like, you know, legally, this is not what we can do in Texas. But what you can do is have CBD relax. Do you have arthritis? Do you have pain? You know, and we can open up that way. And they would have never stepped foot into a smoke shop. They might have came in accidentally getting their nails done next door, drinking wine next door. So, but that's what I wanted. And I wanted it to look like a jewelry shop. I wanted people to come in and be like, this is cute
0: necklaces. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Wait, what
1: is this? My son has this. What's going on here? Wait, why do you have dog biscuits? You know, so it's great. Um, and being a female, I feel – I've had guys tell me, which is awesome, I'd rather come to you because you, you like, fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I do care. No, like, some dude would be like, this is it, man, and get the fuck out. And But you, like, care. You ask questions, and you, like, really dig deep to see what I really want. Like, that's weird, but I like it, and I deserve that.
0: That's weird, but I like right? it. Right?
1: And they're not used to that in that culture, and I think – I come from a retail background, customer service, and whatever it is, I started in clothes, and that was, everything's my passion, but I started in clothes, and it was at a big girl shop toward Lane Bryant, and to see these girls come in and feel amazing, to be able to see that they can wear these clothes, I was like, man, if I can make people feel like this all the time, no matter what I'm offering, that's amazing, and that's everything, so. And that's the same thing with the smoke culture. You have to be open, you have to uh, be inviting, because people are curious, and they're only going to get more curious. So, but being just a girl is hard, but it's also a great thing. We are nurturers, and so people do come in for that.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds like you're potentially changing the market for the bro culture, so that Definitely. bros would maybe want to come to you more than they do to their regular shop that they've been going to. And they are,
1: Yeah. which is great. Yeah,
0: yeah. fantastic. Well, Talking about in that way of the, your shop and that you are somebody who is a nurturer, um, from your scene list, you have, you know, you would be a great mother. Yes. Um, so, you you know, you kind of talked about that you never had the urge to be a mother. Do you mean that as to actually have kids yourself?
1: Yeah. You okay. know, when you grow up as a little girl, yeah. you like, I can't wait for the whole marriage and a white dress and kids. And girl, I never saw that. I was like, I'm going to be with my girlfriends and we're going to party until, <laughs> you know, we're 50. And I never saw that, but as my friends started getting married and having kids and doing all that, I was like, "Oh crap," you know. But I had other obligations, you know, to take care of my parents and a business and focus on what I needed to. But then, you know, as my parents got sick and I had to become that mother role, it's like I did a lot of mothering for my brother, for my mother, for my father. So um, I felt like I feel like I'm a mother to everybody. So I don't feel like I necessarily need my own kids. Um, who knows though, maybe at 50 I'll want to adopt. You never know, but as of True. now, Mary J is my baby, and this is my focus.
0: So you were you were the caregiver and the protector, and you believe that you were, I don't know if you've said this, because- I feel like I like was
1: born into that life. Yeah. I do, like, I'm adopted, and so I felt like I was placed with them um, for a reason, for a purpose, like I've always felt that way, even when I was younger. Um, They never told me I was adopted. I came to them. I always knew I was different. As I hung out with my friends and their parents, they all look alike. And I'm like, that's so cool. You could see different things. And when I come home, and look at my brother. I'm like, God, we look nothing alike. Look at my parents. I'm like, we look nothing alike. Like, I look like nobody. I don't look like anybody in my school. Like, I don't look like anybody. I can't compare myself to anyone. So, you know, um, I always knew I was different. I came to my mom and dad, and I told them, am I different? And my mom, um, they were alcoholics. So she starts crying and, and she was drunk and she slaps me and she says, I'm your fucking mother. I'm your fucking mother. And I said, I know, I know, I know. I just, am I different? And my father you know, stops her and he's like, we need to have a talk. And so they pull out a whole bunch of paperwork and, right, and they get down to it and, and they tell me, This is your special, you were picked. Usually people have kids, and they, they, they get what they get. You are actually picked, so you're very, very special. And so I was like, oh, I knew something was up. So I felt relieved, um, but also felt curious. Like, wow, son, are they alive? Do I have brothers and sisters? Are they still together? What do they look like? So many questions. Um, but I put it aside, because my mom was very emotional about it and didn't want to talk about it, so I put it away um, forever, for a long, long time, until she got sick. And when she passed, um, I found a box in her garage as I was cleaning, and it had all my paperwork in it. And so I saw the names of my parents, and I was going through, back to the mother thing, I was going through some personal female issues where I needed to decide if I was going to have a histoscopy or not. And doing that, you won't be able to get pregnant ever. So, you know, in my head, I knew that's not what I wanted, but, um, you know, I needed to make sure that I had no family history of any kind of anything. So I was, you know, I'm going to reach out to these people just for that, for health reasons. So I looked up all their names, and there was probably like 10 of them. So I copied my birth letter, and I sent them off to all the addresses. And I think about two weeks later, I got a call. And this uh, guy is like, you know, I just want to let you know I got your letter. Good luck. They don't live here. I really hope you find them. You know, good luck in your ventures. And I said, thank you. And about two weeks after that, I get a call. And I'll never forget it. Um, it was a woman's voice. And she says, "Is is Janelle there? I said, this is she. She said, this is your mother. She asked me to sit down. She tells me, your father and I are still together. And you have two brothers and two sisters. And we all live together. We've missed you. We could never come find you. Um, even though I looked for you every day, it was a private adoption. And I legally couldn't come look for you. But when you lived in California, I watched you every day on the playground. Uh, when you moved to Texas, I only knew that because of people um I asked around. I knew I'd never find you again. And she said, I asked God if it's meant to be, she'll come back to me. So she said, Thank you. I can die happy. If you came back to me. Whether we have a relationship, whether anything comes with this, thank you. And so I asked her about all my health stuff and she said, No. No one has any kind of problems. You do what you feel is right inside of you. And That's all I can say. So um, I found my birth parents. I had the surgery. I can't have kids. Um, But that's why I feel like I am a nurturer. I'm a nurturer to everyone. Every customer that walks in, every dog they bring in, (laughs) even every child they bring in. People bring kids into my shop. Um, Not opening the shop would I think I'd be helping kids because it's a smoke shop, but carrying CBD oil, has really opened my eyes, and a lot of people's eyes, and it's been helping a lot of people, and kids, dogs, elderly. That was everything to me, is elderly, so. Um, I am a mother.
0: How old were you when this happened, when you reached out to your birth uh, Probably parents? Probably
1: 20. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's a whole other story. <laughs> that, again, that hasn't really been opened and talked about. and But I do visit them, and I do see them, and we do have a relationship, and it's crazy. They look like me. I look like them. So in
0: that, talking about identity, did you find out what your race yeah, in city I'm is? Yeah, I'm Guatemalan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, growing up, people like, you're Mexican, you're Mexican, I know you are. And then the other girls would be like, no, girl, you're black, look at your hair. I'm like... I mean, I'll be whatever you want me to be as long as you'll be my friend, really. <laughs> you know, it's, it's cool. I'm with everybody. I loved everybody, and that was the thing. So when I found out, I laughed about it. And she said, you're Guatemalan, and you're Scottish. That's what you are, and you're different, and you're beautiful. And she said, you're perfect. And and that was awesome. So, and it leads back to that whole being your pretty face, but fuck the butt. You know what I mean? I am a big girl, and I love who I am, and it is what it is. This is beautiful to me, so
0: absolutely, yeah. Do people really um, quantify your prettiness? Yes, I don't understand that because I don't. it's like it's as if these two things have to be in opposition. Yes, like why can't you be pretty because of all of these right. things?
1: No, my whole life, even to this day, people will grab me. You're so pretty, but if you lost weight, you could be like a model. I'm like, I don't want to be a fucking model. I like who I am. I don't want to want that pressure. No, no, no. You know, I read an article one day. I think it was Selma Hayek. And her partner told her she was complaining about her stretch marks on her stomach. He's like, you're like a tiger, like a lioness. I love it. She's like, but what about my thighs? They're big. He's like, then don't look at it. And I remember that. I'll never forget that. And I'm like, that? Fuck it. If I don't like it, I'm not going to look at it. And if you don't like it, don't look at it. But this is me. So...
0: What I, what I really was marveling in in your scene list is the fact that, like, you thinking about identity as something that's more ambiguous, like a feeling. Right. So that, you know, you were told <laughs> that you were white.
1: Right. But it,
0: ne- it didn't feel right. And you looked different. And you... Felt like this feeling of different. Like my brother and I, we look completely different. Wow. Like he's three, two and a half, three years younger than I am. Yeah. Everyone thinks we're on a date when we're out <laughs> as adults. <laughs> but I know that we have. We're uh, we're in a there. We are biologically right. We I know that. And he looks like my my mom's dad. Like you can kind of see pictures and match right. it. Right. So. The fact that, like, you were told that you were of this unit, that you're white, um, but you didn't ever feel like you actually right. felt it. And, and so much so that you are putting yourself out there to say, I'll just be whatever I want. Yeah. I mean, whatever you want.
1: Anything. I don't yeah. really care. I'm happy just to be here. Kind of going back to that, um, do I have my shit together? No. Like, after my dad passed, I was diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, I don't drink. You know, so I'm telling the doctor, what do you mean cirrhosis of the liver? He said, well, it's the fatty one. You've gained 50 pounds um, in this amount of time. I'm like, holy shit, I've gained 50 pounds since my dad's passed. Um, You don't see it as, as, you know, you live in the body every day. But, you know, I said, well, is it reversible? He's like, you'll always have it. But you can change your health. You can change your eating. You can start working out. You can do all this. And I'm like, okay, okay, great. And he said, I can get you on medications. And I'm like, sure, sure, sure. Never turn in the prescriptions. Didn't change my eating. Still going. Um, Couple weeks ago, my liver swelled up so bad, it was hurting my back, where I almost saw my partner take me to the hospital. And that was kind of an awakening, like, bitch, get your shit together. Um, You need to start changing the way you eat, if anything, start there. And so that's where I've started. But it's, um, you know, I'm trying to get my shit together, but if it's positive? yes, 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 to help me get my shit together.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah I feel that. Um,
1: wow, right? I know. And I truly think I know this sounds weird, but I really believe in like energies and things. And I saw a friend who does energy work, and I was telling her about my story, and she says, "I believe that you got the, the cirrhosis through energy from taking care of both your parents with cirrhosis."
0: You know, I was maybe going to ask something mm-hmm. that felt like a little... T-
1: I know it sounds weird, but...
0: Well, because here's the thing. You're adopted. Both your parents died of that. Right. Um, and then you get in touch with your biological family. Who do
1: not have any kind of liver disease. And they also
0: don't have any of the... Female um, medical problems. Yeah. My sisters,
1: my mother, my grandmother, her sister, no one.
0: But did your adopted family have any... Yes.
1: Okay. She did. Yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always known that and believed in that, and so when she said that to me, I'm like, oh, probably so.
0: Even if we don't want to put it in the realm of like energy For sure. work, it's just bizarrely coincidental. So
1: does the doctor say the same thing?
0: Yeah. Okay. So so talk to me about from a medical perspective, like yeah. what do doctors say Asks about you having tons of questions?
1: It has to be in my parent. Well, you need to get with your real parent, your yeah. birth parents. It has to be. I have. There's nothing. No, there's nothing. So they're, they're, their answer is, well, let's get on medication. Like I said, which I never turned in the prescription. Have you so. turned it in now? No, girl. Mm-mm. I'm going to just change my eating habits, um, start walking little things and see how it goes. Yeah. If I need to turn a prescription, I will. But that's the last thing. Yeah. Seeing them take my father down with prescription, hell no. Hell no. So...
0: Based on what you just said in terms of your scene list and being strong, it, it felt like this moment of poetry in your scene list where you write, um, "I have to be strong, but it's hard all the time. We all break." Yes. Yeah, um, but I think there's also a. It's misleading to think about strong people being strong that they aren't, that they don't have that they don't break. Right. You know. Right. Um, do you feel like that you have to be strong? Like you've talked a lot about it and throughout the scene list in your family. Do you feel like this is a role that you has been assigned to you and that you have to be? Or do you Crazy, enjoy I think so.
1: being? I think that good. I've just taken that role. Yeah. And I, I like the role. So um, yeah, but I think that I've always had to be that. So it's just instilled in me and that's what I am. And Um, and who doesn't want to be strong? It's good, you know, but we all do break, you know, and in my own time, I do have my moments and my own thoughts and we do all get in our head. Um, but that positivity comes in and it helps. And, uh, I think about my father every time when I start getting down like that, because he would always make a joke of everything that was bad and you couldn't help but laugh at it. And he's just, and he'd tell me, why are you stressing? I said, Dad, because I can't, you know, it's not going to get paid or, you know, I'm freaking out. I can't get this in time. And he's like, well, can you physically do anything about it at this moment? I said, no. Well, then stop stressing because it causes wrinkles. And you're really pretty like Liz Taylor and I don't want you to get wrinkles. (laughs) So how can you not laugh and be positive about that? Uh, So I think about that in those moments and it helps me stay strong.
0: I want to just touch on this, this. Um, last one from your scene list of oh you're with a girl yeah so people obviously assume that you're straight I think so and it's also interesting that uh, racially people have assumed a lot and put you in categories it's almost like you have this uh, ability to be a chameleon and people kind of put you in wherever they kind of want you to maybe yeah. be or how i feel sometimes yeah, for sure yeah. yeah yeah do you um what does that feel like to have most people consider you straight do you mind do you mind being in a more heteronormative way even though like kind of the more i don't know what to categorize them of like brightly you know dyed green hair and tattoos which is more punk I mean punk. it's right. not punk I guess but like whatever that category is exactly. of like right. you know sort of having more loud bright right. Right. physical features but right. then racially ethnically sexually like right. your sexuality is more ambiguous in some ways um, do you feel that just dis- separation
1: I feel like people see me and they're like ah oh, it's a lot going on you know and they just assume whatever they want um, and I guess the, the world just assumes you're with the guy and um, and so there's been many times when I've introduced my partner, they're like, "Oh, your business partner." I'm like, "No, like my partner in life, my partner forever, my partner in crime, like, you know, ride or die." No, yeah, okay. This is she. This is her. <laughs> I, people just assume, is what they do. But yeah, Does that, it sometimes you? they seem surprised when I introduce yeah.
0: Francisco. Yeah, I mean, do you like feeling? Do you like surprising people in that way?
1: Girl, I'm always surprising people, whether I open my mouth or not. It's it's always a surprise and always something different, so I'm used to it. Um, I, I don't really... I am who I am, and usually people, they like me and love me for who I am, so they don't um, judge me. I don't feel any kind of way about uh, being with a woman or her being gay. So I love who I am. I love who I'm with. I love our life. I love our baby, Mary J., uh, and all our animals and...
0: Tell me this. Uh, What would be on your scene list a year from now?
1: Ooh, let's see. I would like it to say I'm seen as a successful business owner onto her next venture and making change in the world and in our community. So that's what that's my mission.
0: Fuck yeah. I yeah. mean, I would say check and check. You are doing that.
1: Girl, just wait. Let <laughs> us let us get some more years notched under our belt.
0: I know. You probably have s- such bigger visions. Oh,
1: girl, I want to take care of the community, the animals, the kids, the elderly. Um, there's so much more that I want to do with Mary J. Smoke Culture. So just wait.
0: Well, I can't wait to find out.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Visit Mary J. in South Austin, and to take a peek at her beautifully curated inventory, go to shopmaryj.com, and on Insta and Facebook at Mary J. Smoke Culture. The Scene team includes me, Miranda Wiley, and producer Mariah Gossett. Music by Solid State Dream Suit. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at scene__with__miranda. You will find me mostly living on the gram, documenting my scene list. Join me with the hashtag, HowAreYouScene? And what do you think of the show? Email us at hello at scenepodcast.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please write us a review on iTunes and give us that five-star rating. Thanks so much for listening.